0: raunchy power hour a book club for discussing romance from the erotic to the erroneous as always this is an explicit podcast and contains strong language adult themes and sexual content if you are sensitive to these things we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now this month we are reading lunar love by lauren Kung Jessen. this is part one of lunar love this podcast will contain spoilers through chapter 13 if you want to read along with us stop listening now it's okay we'll wait for you to come back This book contains themes of death of family members. You have been warned. I'm your producer, Ashlyn.
1: I'm your host, Sydney. I'm that one girl that
2: you block on that dating app a long time ago because of all the overzealous sexual comments that I made in your DMs. (laughs) Now get ready to get raunchy.
0: It's so good to be back. (laughs) Lauren, I missed you. Hey, Sydney. Hey, Lauren. I have a question for
2: you. Oh, a question? It's been a while. I know, I know. Are you ready? It's gonna be my raunchiest one yet. Okay.
1: How's your new year been? Aw, thanks. Uh, it's been... been pretty good. Pretty good. Um, just living life and... Trying out some new things. What about you? How's your new year been? Good. You know, I, I definitely
2: have missed recording with you lovely ladies. Um, yes. I learned a lot recently about the Chinese Zodiac. So I feel more well informed this year. Yeah. Which definitely fits within my New Year's resolution to read smut and get knowledge. <laughs> there, we go. Read smut, get knowledge.
1: <laughs> it's the That's new going- fuck bitches get money. That, uh well that'll be our new tagline on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. What? Well, Lauren, I have a question for you. Oh. Oh. Oh my god, I'm I'm honored. Okay, yeah. yeah. So ask away. Do you know what your Chinese zodiac sign is? I do. With an
2: asterisk beside that, because okay. in the book that we read for this month or weeks, I don't know our upload schedule. i, <laughs> I We learned that you can actually have multiple zodiac signs just based on your hour of birth. I do not know that sign, but I know that I was born in 1999. Jesus. 1999, <laughs> which is the year of the rabbit.
1: Do you know your zodiac sign? Coincidentally... I'm also a little rabbit. Uh so the reason I asked this question is because I know you like to ask people what ta- what was their birth time and you liked to, to ask people about their their zodiac signs. Um uh-huh. and I want to know how you kind of felt about this new like system that maybe you weren't as familiar with, like this new star system that you weren't as familiar with?
2: I love that question. Um, Context for listeners. I was referred to unironically as the astrology girl back in high school because I used to use astrology as a substitute for a lack of personality in which I used to compartmentalize and characterize people solely based on one side. It was great. You make a lot of friends that way. Um, Oh, yeah. But yes, uh, so I've only been loosely familiar with uh, the Chinese zodiac signs and actually only within the past year have become familiar with them because I actually, for the first time ever, got to participate in a Lunar New Year celebration with a friend of mine. Um, yeah, so this friend of mine, uh, she is Chinese and, you know, celebrates Lunar New Year every year, her and her family does. And it was really awesome to sort of also celebrate with her in the Year of the Rabbit, which was both of our years. Um And I know one of the customs uh, that she did and participated in that year was that she intentionally would wear red on the day of Lunar New Year. And for a lot of events moving forward that year as like a sign of luck, Uh, it's supposed to bring in like good fortune. Um, And she actually like ended up accomplishing something really big that year. And she told me she would exclusively wear like red socks or something like that, like during the moment she was interviewing for this thing. So it's
1: really cool to see that happen. But apart from that, I know nothing that Nelson. is that is really really cool. I honestly, I genuinely did not know that, but that leads us into me introducing the book we read, which is Yo. Lunar Love by Laura Kung Jessen. Uh, yeah. Going into this, uh, I learned I learned quite a bit about the Chinese zodiac because I myself was not familiar with it, um, and I found it very interesting. And I found this book be pretty enjoyable uh yeah and now we're going into general info i guess
2: <laughs> just like wine we just get finer yeah. with age we're really you know <laughs> we're really
1: getting the hang of this you know what i'm a little rusty we we took a little bit, a break from recording so let me try my best here all right, so kind of some general info we that you need to know about Lunar Love by Laura Kung Jessen. This book was first published on January tenth of twenty twenty three, and kind of crazy. Like this is in, like an insane. Um, I, I want to say, like accomplishment for this author, but her debut book was published alongside Book of the Month with, um, in the month of January of twenty twenty three, which absolutely insane congratulations uh to lauren mm. about that like that is insane yeah um percent. and then literally within the next month uh a article was published in cosmopolitan calling lunar love the 2023 uh in february of 2023 saying uh best romance book f- uh to read in 2023 which is crazy for a debut author. So like applause, applause to the author for that. Yeah. Uh but some more general info we have. Uh the book averages at a 3.5 stars on Goodreads out of 10,624 reviews as of this recording. And on StoryGraph, we have surprisingly a very similar number at 3.4 out of two thousand five hundred and twenty six interesting book and the book is three hundred and thirty seven pages
2: slay did you be <laughs> as a warning to listeners that's my new crutch word um
1: said <laughs> did you read the paper copy did you listen to this book what format did you read it in so I was in ebook because my book got <laughs> lost in transit. So, uh, Kindle all the way for that. <laughs> <laughs> Get into it.
2: Okay, and how how did you feel about reading it on ebook?
1: Like, what was that general experience like? So. I am just getting into ebooks as a reader. Um controversial opinion. I never really liked ebooks because I liked having like the physical like being physically able to hold a book. Mm-hmm. But now for some reason it's kind of the opposite and I find it holding a book to be more daunting sometimes, which is interesting. Mm. Um but I I enjoyed Highlighting and like looking at it, I do wish there were it was an easier system in which I could like look at my highlights and notes and reviews. But I was also scared to take notes because I don't know how public they are. (laughs) Um, but from what I understand, Lauren, you listened to to this, didn't you?
2: I did. I did. Uh, as we say in the research world, a mixed methods approach. Yeehaw, nerd alert. Um. (laughs) I started reading the paper copy of this book. I actually found it on a shared library bookshelf we have at my apartment complex. So someone had what I assume got it as a book of the month um, selection and then like Mm -hmm. put it on the shelf when they were done reading it. And I happened to pick it up just out of curiosity, like almost a year ago at this point, it's just kind of been collecting dust and was really excited when we chose this for a book this month. But as I started reading it, I was like. Okay, like, you know, this is all right. This is okay. What if I just tried the audiobook? And thankfully, the mm-hmm. audiobook is free on Spotify and Audible. So if y'all are interested, go check it out. I actually highly recommend the audiobook. The reader for that, uh, I believe her first name is Rachel. She slayed, Rachel, you ate. You left <laughs> no crumbs. Devoured. You deserve an <laughs> Oscar. Because there's a scene, this is no spoilers, there's a scene where the main character later on in the novel will cry homegirl acted it out it was really great and i you know what, i believed it and i definitely highly recommend anyone who's interested in reading this to listen to the audiobook so long as you put it on 1.5 speed the initial (laughs) speed is a little slow
1: (laughs) uh don't do what ashlyn does and put it at 3.25 because ashlyn (laughs) you are a beast when it comes to audiobooks yeah that's scary (laughs) Uh, but you know what? Uh, I think this will be a very interesting conversation considering you listened to it and I read it via ebook. So it'll be interesting to kind of hear both of our opinions on kind of tone and all mm-hmm. of that. So I'm intrigued. So let's kind of get into it. Let me introduce some of our characters that we've got. Uh, so we have Olivia, um, or Liv Hong Christensen. Um, she. It can be categorized as very headstrong, traditionalist, and very, very stubborn. Hee <laughs> hee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we have Bennett O'Brien, our other love interest. He's chill, charming, and I would say analytical. He's very much in the numbers. He is a you would I guess you could say like left-brained oriented. Mm-hmm. Um and then we have Popo, who love that love that little old lady. Uh, she is Liv's grandmother, and she's the one who created Lunar Love. I love that little old lady. Let me love the little old lady. Stop laughing love, at me. I love how you said that. Go on. I love her. Um, and then we've got so we don't really hear much of them, but we have May and Dale Zhang Song. I'm so sorry if I'm butchering these names uh but they are the owners of the lucky monkey uh and they're a prominent bakery within the story we have colette who is live's old bff uh we have alicia lynn work bff with live we also have randall zoo who is a work bestie i just put work bestie for both of them uh alicia is also one of the matchmakers at lunar love Um, We have Auntie Lydia. Uh, She is the predecessor of Lunar Love, so she took over after Popo uh, gave her the business. And then last, we have Nina and Asher, and Nina is Liv's sister, and Asher is her fiancé. And then kind of general themes. I only wrote down two, which I think you guys will find funny. Mm -hmm. We have Enemies to Lovers slash rivals to lovers because that's what this is advertised as it's a rivals to lovers and then opposites attract all right yeah i also argue this is fast burn not slow burn some people are arguing it's slow burn i'm like you're wrong no 100
2: <laughs> percent. that is when we get into the weeds of the notes that i left well yeah we're going there <laughs> yes
1: yeah. i also will clarify i did like a lot of aspects of this book and I'm not trying to hate on it too hard uh so I just want to put that out there because I did genuinely like some parts of it but there were parts where I was ready for it to be over
2: (laughs) yeah I think all of us are, are similar minded about this book this time around so um Mm -hmm. i'm really excited to discuss and hear everyone's thoughts about it i feel like normally when we review books there's a little more back and forth in the the text group chat that we all have Mm -hmm. about it uh which speaking of just for listeners at home that are keeping (laughs) track of our group chat pictures and names um our current group chat picture is just like a still of the cover of this book and it's literally titled quote rph what do you mean with (laughs) the Quota- oh my god I almost said a quotation mark I can't read you a mean question, question mark, mark and an <laughs> exclamation point dying uh, oh my gosh anyway speaking uh, of what do you mean are we ready to delve into lunar love I am ready to jump feet first hail first because we rabbits And here we go So our book opens uh, and we're introduced to our main character, Olivia, who while previously was just an employee of the family-run matchmaking business, Lunar Love, which is matchmaking based on the compatibility of the Chinese Zodiac signs, is recently going to be, or soon to be, we should say, going to be named the new owner, taking over from her aunt and then previously from her grandmother, Popo. Now, Lunar Love has been around for quite some time like wasn't it like half a decade or something like that yes they kept they kept reiterating that it was it's been about 50 years not half a decade i'm half a century i <laughs> mm, brain is off tonight <laughs> it's okay you know what we live for the vibes five years lunar love has been around long-standing business um and Olivia is getting a phone call from her mom where they're trying to arrange things for Popo's upcoming birthday party. She's turning 90. We love a golden gal. When love Olivia her. decides to stop by Lucky Monkey, which is that bakery that we mentioned earlier, run by some family friends that are basically like a third set of parents for, you know, for Olivia, not a third, a second pair of parents. Mm-hmm. Um and she's going in to buy a sticky bun specifically because a sticky bun is what her grandmother has requested for her birthday. Now, you go in, the selection's are already pretty sparse. However, in the grabbing reach for a sticky bun with her tongs, I'm pretty, I couldn't quite get my mental imagery down of how this scene would work. I'm going to be so honest, but I assume it yeah. was like another pair of tongs comes in to get said sticky bun. Yeah. I don't know if y'all had different imagery. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. And this, apparently there's a, a really attractive man behind this second pair of Ooh. rival tongs. We're not given much description except for a very blundering attempt to describe his eyes as hazel for like two whole pages because she couldn't mm-hmm. remember the word hazel. um, <laughs> and apparently he's really attractive he's got a birth birthmark on his upper cheek um he's tall really good looking dresses casual dark and handsome. tall dark and handsome indeed he's described as dressing like formal but like not too formal like it's like an intentional decision to like dress down he's Visually really nice casual,
1: Vis- is casual.
2: <laughs> oh yeah he's rolling
1: up to the team's meeting oh my <laughs> he's god You know he's on Teams, too. He's not even using Slack. (laughs) He's a Teams bro. For sure. The the worst. (laughs) I know.
2: I know. But while she meets Hot Guy, they sort of have a back and forth about, I want the sticky bun. No, I want the sticky bun. You don't understand. It's Popo's birthday. And he says, I don't give a fuck who Popo... He doesn't say that. but No. essentially they go into this like bargaining debate where he's like i'll give you the sticky bun if you give me this and yeah you know they kind of go back and forth for a while i'm not gonna lie
1: yeah (laughs) it was was a little bit it was a little bit and also listeners you know what you can make the assumption and your assumption will be correct yes this is your love interest Good catch. Good catch. Yes. Yeah. This is Bennett. This is us meeting Bennett, but we do not know his name is Bennett because they literally go outside afterward and he's like, Well, what are you? Fr- what's your name? And she goes, Oh, Olivia, but my friends call me Liv. And he goes, Oh, my friends call me asshole. And I'm like,
2: Let's not proceed to tell her his name. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I'm like, What the
1: fuck? <laughs> okay. No. And nothing about him gives asshole for the record. Like, no, no, literally <laughs> nothing about him gives the impression of someone like calling him asshole or him having the nickname asshole.
2: I guess he's quirky like that. He's quirky yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah, like Sid said, they they leave the bakery sort of it's one of those like, oh, my God, we're I guess we're walking in the same direction. This is awkward kind of things. But they actually end up subtly kind of hitting it off in a way that I don't think she really expected um you know they go back and forth obviously he learns her name she learns his name is asshole and then they sort of depart after this like brief and fleeting connection um he doesn't ask for her number which will come up later um yeah. also the fact but, that
1: he scoops the icing out of his swiss roll comes up oh yeah too often.
2: <laughs> i forgot about that i was imagining almost like one of those um Little Debbie Swiss rolls and like yeah. someone just like deflowering it with like a spoon.
1: <laughs> no, no, uh, Lauren, like, no. <laughs> I'm imagining
2: someone unrolling it. Listen, they called him asshole for a reason. I was trying to <laughs> oh god. I was trying to see why. Um, and that's kind of the end of our opening chapter. Mm-hmm.
1: Sid. Can I mm-hmm. I I just want to say The last line made me laugh out loud and that was, and that's a line for the first time in my entire career of being a matchmaker. I didn't think to consider this man's Zodiac animal sign for a single second. I was like, what? guess
2: she's always analyzing people. Are you a horse?
1: (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, we didn't know that yet. Once you get into the character that is Liv, it makes sense. Mm hmm. Um, and I'll be and I'll be upfront about this. I did not like Liv as a character. If the if the point of the book was to make Liv unlikable, then it was accomplished. Um, but she was just and she she's just very stubborn throughout the book and in this first chapter when she's introduced, you can just tell by the abrasiveness in which she has this interaction with Bennett who's a stranger to her and i know it's meant to be like witty banter like it's meant to be like oh yeah i'm like not like other girls and i have like this quick and sharp banter and i'm like not afraid to like say what i want but it just came off as like aggressive (laughs) for like no reason and i was like what the
2: fuck is going on so glad you brought this up i was gonna save this for a later chapter um when it comes up like most notably for me, but I also wrote Mm -hmm. that in my notes of like, there's a lot of sarcastic humor between these two characters. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really great and can work if you know how to communicate sarcasm well via text, because I feel like that is a hard thing to do, but the way that it was done in this book, like to signify that in particular Bennett, whenever he like says a sarcastic comment, it'll always just say like he deadpans. And yeah the first couple of times I encountered that I didn't quite catch that that was a joke. And maybe that was just me, but I really had to be like, "Oh, he's sarcastic." Okay. And yeah. I think for me my preference would have been to more like more overtly just be like, you know, say something like his voice is monotone, but his lips betray, you know, a little bit of a smirk or something like yeah. that to just like kind of indicate that a little better instead of just saying he deadpants for like every single dialogue tag. So for me yeah. too, it also came off as like aggressive or like weirdly serious at points of time.
1: Yeah. And I was like, I don't, why are we so serious? What's going on? Why <laughs> so serious? That was exactly the worst Joker impression. Okay.
2: New year, new me. Oh, God. Yeah, so that brings us to chapter two. Um, We are at Popo's 90th B Day, um, which he's also joint celebrating with the Lunar. Wait, no. It's not the Lunar. What was it? There's some other event that she's doubly celebrating with.
1: No, it is the Lunar New Year, but it's because they're like technically so close that she likes to like.
2: Yeah. I thought it was, but then in the timeline of the book, they also are, like, in fall, I'm pretty sure. Are they in fall? Yeah, because I think most of this happens in October.
0: So, the Halloween party is shortly after this, so it's got to be, like, late summer. I thought that the thing that was going on was the announcement of lunar love being passed on to Olivia. Yeah, but
1: but her grandma likes to celebrate her birthday alongside something is i yes. remember reading them in the book me too let me quickly I write down. let me quickly find it i'm on chapter two
2: yep here we go and because popo's birthday usually falls within range of the moon festival that's what it oh. is she prefers to celebrate birth at the same time okay we knew it had something to
1: do with the moon <laughs> something, <laughs> something with the moon <laughs>
2: um but yeah so there's you know simultaneously there's like themes of of the moon and as we kind of mentioned okay so
1: before you continue uh
0: uh-huh before you
1: continue why is there so much moon idea like iconography there's so much i i understand the moon is a big deal oh my god it was oversaturated (laughs) at points same thing with like hearts like, oh my God, if I had to read one more thing, like something was heart-shaped or like something represented love, I going to puke.
2: Yeah, I think it was one of those cases where I do think that imagery was a little bit over the top of like, almost like, this is going to sound so mean. I don't mean it to be, but I can't think of anything else to say. Like beating your readers over the head with like,
1: this is what the book is about. Yeah, a little bit. A little, Yeah. But, you know,
2: Moon Festival.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: God. We have the Moon Festival. Um, so they're celebrating this, but also there's a subplot at this birthday party that Popo wants to officially announce to the family that Olivia will be taking over Lunar Love officially. Um, basically, this whole chapter is kind of just like dialogue exchange and establishing who's who within the family dynamic. We meet, you know, Olivia's mm-hmm. sister, Nina, um, who. I kind of got the impression it was very much like almost like a motherly figure in a way of like always making sure things are in an order. Very like not controlling, <laughs> but just like likes yeah. things in a certain way.
1: And then I found out Nita is the younger sister and I got confused.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. She's the younger sister, apparently. Um, you know, we meet the parents. Her dad is of a Scottish uh, lineage. Um, and so like, you know, she talks a lot about uh, being both Chinese and also having the Scottish influence um mm-hmm. we also meet uh her aunt lydia who basically engages with her in a conversation about like dating apps and how dating apps are like basically gonna like kill the dating world because it's like i don't remember exactly what she said but it's basically like you know cheap and quick and there's not like you can't ve- verify who's on it and things like that yeah really strange of, like human connection yeah exactly and then basically all there is to say about this is that at the end of the chapter, they officially announced that Olivia is getting handed uh, Lunar Love. And there's kind of a heavy expectation that she's going to try and like sort of fix the, the lack of clientele and success rates they've been having lately um, because of mm-hmm. the influence of like technology and dating apps. And they want to sort of draw upon a younger clientele in their business, um, which obviously is going to eventually create a lot of pressures on Olivia as the newfound runner, but she gets a cute little moon charm. It's a crescent moon that uh, her popo bought uh, with her first ever, I think like earnings from lunar love back when she first Mm -hmm. established it. And it's supposed to be the good luck charm that we will see throughout the story.
1: Yeah. And it's very sweet. I will say what I loved a lot about. So this chapter, what I loved about it was the Mm -hmm. introduction of Chinese culture, because I'm not fully, uh, I do not fully know about chinese culture and like their practices. So like for example, I learned all about cookie day. Um because they mentioned mm-hmm. it quite a bit and I had no clue what it was. And apparently it's a marriage practice where the husband's family would bring like cookies and sweets to the bride's family to like basically sweeten the deal or like make the pain of like <laughs> losing her a little less. But it's like meant to be a big celebration and I liked introduction of like talking about the the moon festival and they talked about lunar new year a lot and um this is when we start learning more about the chinese zodiac and things are getting mentioned and it's just really cool to read a story about a non-white person and those like those parts of their culture being included within the story
2: yeah Absolutely. I, I also really liked I actually wanted to see more of this personally, but I really liked <laughs> mm-hmm. the mentions we got about both Bennett and Olivia um, coming from two different cultures, two different like racial backgrounds and sort of struggling, like stretching sort of like the the middle line between like feeling too Asian in certain circles, but not Asian enough in others. Um, yeah. And I really liked sort of the resonance that the two of them had over that and sort of the commentary that was like peppered throughout different events in the story. But I almost wish I had got to see more of that because I think that was one of the things that truly made them feel really three-dimensional to me um, mm-hmm. and gave their connection a lot more validity. But, yeah, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know where, where my thoughts are on that. Um, yep, 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 yep. So chapter three is where Lauren's going to go off a little bit. Um, <laughs> because... <laughs> So chapter three, uh, Olivia's like, oh, my God, my first day on the job. And I'm going to the matchmaking love conference thing um, that's held every year. And that's apparently a really big deal for like anybody invested in love, whether that's like marketing and sales or business or like people like me who are matchmakers. Mm-hmm. And she's all excited because she's like, it's a melding of minds. And like, we're all going to yeah. learn from each other's experience. And it's going to be so good. Gr- Homegirl. <laughs> Shows up and rejects every single product and ideology that contrasts with her own. And I'm like, yep. what's the point of a conference? Then? I'm a research girlie. I go to conferences pretty regularly to present my own mm-hmm. research and listen to others and network. <sighs> she did none of that.
1: She did uh, not of also, <laughs> also, did you love th- that we found out later that she's a psychology major? <laughs> That's what she majored in. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I heard that on the
2: audiobook, and I fully had to hit pause and put my head in my hands. Yeah, I figured I said, you would. I said, "Give me, give me a job like that,
1: so I don't have to get yeah. a PhD to sustain. Wow, to sustain myself, please." Yeah, um, I found well, it. I I thought the same thing. Like this is really where L- Olivia's stubbornness really starts shining through. Me too, and yeah. um. Yeah, I just, she was so stubborn. And like, that's what I was thinking to I'm like, what what's the point of you being there if you're not going to listen to other people's pitches or like understand what, you know, what's your competition? Like understand what other people are doing, you know? Yeah. And then to also take that and then also to like argue <laughs> with yes. people was yes.
2: crazy to me. I have never gone yeah. to a conference and been like, e, you're wrong. Um.
1: Actually, <laughs> I've but, never seen anyone do that. Yeah. Uh. So, for context, readers, basically, the chapter opens with Liv sitting in a talk with some person named Doctor Goodman. Don't know what they're a doctor of. Don't know what her what she's specialized in. They're prestigious, whoever they are. Yeah, whoever they are. Um, but the person pipes uh, asks about compatibility, and surprise. A tall, dark, and mysterious man in the back pipes up and says, "Basically, that opposites attract." And lives mm-hmm. like, "No, they don't." And then she like <laughs> argues with this tall, dark, and mysterious man. Hey, spoilers! That's Bennett.
2: <laughs> spoilers mm-hmm. for everyone involved. I'm I'm assuming you were like me and you immediately clocked that. You're like, okay, oh it's my bakery God. boy. Like this oh is my God.
1: asshole. I clock. <laughs> oh, I clocked it immediately. I was like, it's got to be the same dude. <laughs> I just and the fact that she
2: did not blew my mind blew my mind yeah
1: yeah <sighs> that that was that was something I did write down what does Dr. Good- uh, Goodman study what is her reason of authority <laughs> I, <laughs> I need know. to know I want to know I just that little bit hey, more detail oh my god you you saying that makes you
2: remember something she doesn't even because she's the one that poses the question to the audience it's like a question mm-hmm. of like does compatibility really matter or something like that? To which that's when Olivia and Bennett are butting heads. She never one moderates the conversation Two, never really talks about why she brought the question up. There was no point to it. We just move on in the scene. Yeah. She
1: just goes, and anyway, and you're like, I'm so confused. Um, I also did write down. Mm -hmm. You'll find this funny. Liv is so close-minded. Maybe that's why I don't like her. That's a note I wrote down. <laughs> you know, I basically wrote
2: that in the same text, different font
0: <laughs> <You
2: know? laughs> for this chapter. <laughs> I said, why was this whole chapter a giant eye roll? You were supposed to be excited over this conference. Girl, get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Jeez <sighs> uh, uh, oh, Louise.
1: Uh... <sighs> You know, you know what else hit me off in this chapter? (laughs) Is it the next sequence after they've left the area? And now they're... Yeah, so they're on their lunch break and then suddenly they hear this dark and mysterious man's voice booming being like, hey, everyone, look at my app. Zodiac Cupid. Zodiac Cupid. That's how I'm saying it. I don't know. Yeah, Zodiac Cupid, I don't know. Chinese Zodiacs. Dating app. Using the Chinese Zodiacs and Liv and gets so pissed she is so <laughs> pissed off and she isn't
2: in this chapter that she hatches the I- the idea yeah. to like intentionally match with this guy and try to like suss out the details of his business model and like bring ruin it's, upon him <laughs> it's either that one or it's the next one which I was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i think i i understand right i understand to a degree of like oh i have a small family-owned business that's already being threatened with like like hungry real estate agents trying to gentrify chinatown right but it like there's there's steps that you can get before it gets out of hand yeah in trying to take down the big man you know what i mean <laughs> it's not yeah this. <laughs> it's not
1: this it's not (gasps) fake dating it's not that's not how you do it no it's the next chapter when she decides that she's gonna like match with him on the app um because it's revealed he's on the app himself Mm -hmm. um because he believes in his product yeah she's pissed because she's just like well apps take away from like human matchmaking um and like I understand like why she's threatened cuz obviously she doesn't want to sure. lose like her family business that she's grown up with but just the way she's her own antagonist <laughs> No I know
0: Um oh, like Bennett God. is not
1: the problem the Bennett is not the issue um but she makes it she makes him the issue
2: she jumps to a lot of conclusions throughout the progression of this story, and I think this is the first where yeah, she's gonna jump to the conclusion that he's this evil, power-hungry, like Silicon Valley type guy who's just trying to make a quick buck off of her business model um, or like and then- her
1: traditions and her like belief system, which yeah, I would definitely get with mm-hmm. an initial reaction, yeah. But when she kept having that reaction throughout the book after knowing Bennett, I was like, "Go!" She <laughs> also, I mean, chapter
2: four could be summarized literally in one sentence. Like she yes. literally goes on like a wine drunk, like delusional, like I don't know, main character syndrome type moment with her cat named Pino. Crazy name for a cat. I kind of like it. But um, she never
1: she, picks up again.
2: <laughs> I think he's mentioned one more time. Um she hangs out with Pino and is talking to him the entire chapter and watching it's it It feels weird it, like it, it gave me that like one meme of the guy who has like the, <laughs> the board behind him and all the red strings like yes. <laughs> because she on, on her TV she has like uh, like news coverage
1: of Zodiac no, it's, no, it's that and then it's a random ocean documentary which keeps getting matches the book and I'm like why yes. do we keep coming back to this yes. I don't like it
2: it's, it's the ocean documentary on the TV. It's scrolling through the Zodiac Cupid. It's
1: making the Zodiac Cupid profile all at once. And I'm like, how many tabs yeah. do you have open? And then, <laughs> yeah. And then she just finds Bennett as B O B, which is Bennett O'Brien. I could not I guess. separate
2: myself from the band that wrote airplanes the entire yeah. time. I could not stop uh, thinking of it.
1: And then they like match. Yeah.
0: yeah. What's yes, up, Ashlyn? Ashlyn? The thing about the ocean documentary that really got me was that it was about a parasite and that she yes. made the parasite her phone screensaver. Yes!
1: Yes! I, forgot I, that. That. <laughs> I mentioned that in my notes. I was like, what the?
2: Why are we <laughs> thinking <up> this? <laughs> was it like a bacterial
1: parasite? Like she made a bacteria. <laughs> it's like, it's like a parasite that lives on a fish or like on the inside of its mouth or something. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? But Girl. she was like, I need to be the parasite. I need to be off his success. And I was like, this is super like super villain level.
2: I I in my villain era, you know, like people will say that. This mm-hmm. is my new in my villain era. Anytime y'all see yeah. me post pictures of parasites, aquatic bacteria,
1: yeah. you know I'm on
2: my villain shit.
1: Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh they go on a date. <laughs> well, they plan the date. Yeah. But she yeah. purposely, but, like, the whole thing is, like, she's mad because she puts stuff in her profile to match with him purposefully. And she's like, see, this doesn't, like, match us because he's, he's a rat and I'm a horse. Not follow her logic
2: at any point during no, this chapter. There's there's no like, logic. Because they spend a lot of time talking about the algorithm, but it's, like, nonsensical to me of, like, she's trying to poke holes in the algorithm, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I was lost in the sauce. But yeah, they they go to a cooking class that she pays for. She arranges. He shows up. He's like bakery girl, and she's like asshole. Learns that his real name is not Bob Airplanes. It's Bennett O'Brien, and he learns that her real name is Olivia, not Liv. Which make a connection, dude. Um, and <laughs> and they you know start like making. I believe it's mooncakes is what they start making. And he's like, oh, hey, I'm a good chef. I have a recipe from this. I promise it'll be better. And she goes, no, Bob, you see here, tradition is what is most important. We signed up for this class and therefore abide by its all binding laws of mooncake making. And I refuse to step out of line. And so he relents. They make some mid mooncakes. And the whole time she's grilling this man about Zodiac Cupid. And not in a nice way either. And one of the things that I wrote here that I absolutely hated, I said twice, Olivia says the opposite of what she means in dialogue with Bennett. An example, quote, where did you take or I mean, get the idea for Zodiac Cupid from? Like, who does that in real life? Who actually says the polar opposite insulting thing that they're thinking and then has to quickly go, oh, I mean, No one does that. And it happens twice in this chapter. And it gave me the ick. Um, This was also the chapter where I mentioned I have trouble discerning when characters are joking. Because Bennett tries to cope with a lot of this atrocious date with sarcastic humor. And I just, it was not landing with me. And I don't think it was landing with Liv either. I gotta be honest. Um, But long story short, they... Go through the date. They claim it's going okay. I didn't see that. I thought actually it was quite painful to watch. I thought they hated each other. Um, And across the room, Olivia spots her old best friend, Colette, walking into the baking class. And she immediately freaks out and tries to dodge her. She doesn't want to see her. Apparently there's some weird, unknown, bad tension between the two of them. Something that happened in the past. She tells Bennett, oh, it's my ex, because Colette's there with a man. And Bennett, being the good Samaritan he is, covers for her by, like, spilling stuff on his salmon, also known as coral, shirt that he's wearing. (laughs) They literally bicker about that. I'm like, why? They could not get past that. Uh, And then he, like, goes outside and she waits for him. They go to get ice cream. And she's like, wow, maybe is kind of hot after all but i'm still trying to
1: thwart his plan to destroy my business <laughs> I, know. I was like is he like a cartoonish like businessman who's like trying to carry a damsel distress onto a train track and, but he's got like like oh my gosh i'm like it's okay to think he's hot you can yeah oh you my can think i did write that down you can think he's hot um but like i don't know the whole thing just felt really weird like it just mm-hmm. felt like yeah but he said something along the lines of oh you know our date's going well i'm like what are you talking about it sounds that's like geez. exactly what i thought it is so honestly i wrote in this part i'm like the only enemies to lovers or rivalry to lovers thing that's happening here is strictly just from olivia yes like it's all one sided and I, I don't understand why, why she's being either. so mean. <laughs> I don't either. And I just and she didn't even
2: get any information about Zodiac Cupid at the end of that date. Like, no, all she found out well, well, was that. Well, like, no, he she just,
1: learned mm-hmm. she learned that he got the idea from his mom. Uh No, I oh, it was, was a, it in a later date. Gonna, that was later. Never mind. I'm wrong. He did, You're but good. he said he learned about it. Um, what I did like, when what I did highlight about this chapter is when it's unfortunate, but Bennett basically get, goes on the defensive towards Liv because Liv is being passive aggressive. And is like, I don't, and he basically like says straight up to her, like, I don't have to prove how Asian or Chinese I am to you. Mm hmm. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm being an asshole because <laughs> she's like, I also have to do that sometimes. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, I know.
2: And if I don't make a mistake, like she really doesn't say anything about that to him other than like, I can understand that. And like just moves yeah, on. Yeah, That's it.
1: Like, come on. He's he's throwing you a bone here. <laughs> but he's being he's being very sweet and being open with you. And you're just like. Yeah, I get it.
2: <laughs> I would leave a date if someone immediately tried poking holes in like my entrepreneurial like business that mm-hmm. I'm trying to start up. I would immediately
1: leave. That is so rude
2: and uncouth.
1: <laughs> Especially if it's like based within ideals within your own culture, and they're just like, well, "Do you actually?" It's kind of like someone when you're wearing a band tee, and someone's like, "Oh, do you actually know the that band? Name yes. your song." it's exactly that energy oh my god it's all of the it's all of the nfl people right now who who, who are like hating on who are just so oh, getting into football because of taylor swift and they're like oh well who's your favorite player no not travis kelsey you can't say that I hate it hate- it's like shut the fuck up people are interested in your thing so just like leave them alone <laughs> i know i know duh uh, Liv is gatekeeping girl is gatekeeping gaslighting and girl bossing
2: absolutely <laughs> uh, and the fat and i'll be so i'll be so real this is going to be something that comes up later too there are certain moments in this book and certain actions that live in particular will take in this book that feel very millennial coded to me i don't know if you felt that at any point but there's also I'm silently nodding, listeners. <laughs> yes. There's one chapter in here where they unironically make jokes about the word GOAT or the acronym GOAT, greatest of all time, which is something I have not said since I was in high school, I'm fairly certain. Um, yeah. I am years out of high school, for the record. <laughs> and this book was published in 2023. Like, I was very shocked to find um, that out.
1: I did also write down, like... I know the purpose of what the author was saying. Oh, sorry, Ashlyn. I cut you off. I did mean to. Um, I know that, like, the purpose of, like, the whole thing with Liv being so stringent on the cooking class is to, like, represent tradition and all that. But she comes off just as so annoying. Yeah. It's not tradition that she's even arguing for. It's, like, rule
2: abiding, which is not inherently tradition. Which is
1: not the same thing. Mm -mm. Um. And I just wrote like like this man is just trying to impress you because he wants to like show off that he's really good at cooking or like making this thing. Which I did I'm also write you. down though. I said, but also Bennett, you did pay for a cooking class. Follow the recipe. <laughs> That's so true.
2: That's valid. I didn't I didn't pick that up.
0: Yes, Ashlyn. Okay. So they're at a cooking class where the teacher says, recipes on the board, do what you want. <laughs>
1: yeah what is the instructor's
0: job <laughs> like
1: Appar- apparently they'd already mixed the ingredients or something and they had like printed some stuff out but i was like yeah this is a little weird i've been to cooking
2: classes before and like you know the instructor is like walking around making sure you know giving advice and, and answering questions
1: nah yeah she's like also been for yourself, uh, also typically in cooking classes, you're all making one three thing, not I five that. separate dishes. I was like, you know what? Maybe I haven't been to enough. You know what? I'm not going to hate on that. That's nitpicking. I'm not going to be a hater. Listen, if I was in that
2: class and I didn't get the mooncake table, I would have been pissed. Mooncakes are delicious. <laughs>
1: I've, I've never had a mooncake. Oh. I should try one. They're really good. They're really good. I'm, okay. But
2: yeah. Um... Chapter six, really the only two things to highlight here is that we start getting the real estate vultures.
1: Yes. Before we continue, I wrote down the cute line. There was one cute line within this chapter, and I was like, okay, this might be a little bit redeeming. That's chapter five. What was it? It was when uh, Liv was like, thank you for like falling over yourself for me. And he goes, it was an honor to fall for you. And I was like, Okay.
2: yeah i was okay with that line it yeah, didn't quite like- land for me but i see people hey
1: with everything else we've like the other lines we've had so far grasping <laughs> for straws yeah yeah <laughs> that's okay
2: um speaking of grasping at straws the real estate agent is really trying. to on the door. um this yeah. is believe I mean, her name is caroline or something it doesn't really matter
1: I didn't even um, write it down because she picked it up like twice.
2: You're so good. There's a real estate agent that's like got like a yappy little dog in her purse that she carries around. And she's like, hey, are you the owner? And I don't know if she sounds like that. But, yeah. you know, obviously, basically just wanting to buy the property. He's like, you could get this much money for it. Like, give me a call. And it like, doesn't even get Olivia a second to like say no firmly or really argue <laughs> yeah. and butt in. Uh, she makes her grand exit and after that Olivia is still stewing despite the fact that apparently her and Bennett had a good date over Zodiac Cupid. And so as like a venting like do not send diary type thing, <laughs> she, she types out a heated like almost article that she would send to like a, you know, a journal article or whatever. Oh of like God. how all the reasons why Zodiac Cupid is invalid and like trash and not going to work. And then she writes a real version for the article that like is meant to promote lunar love, um, except Mm -hmm. that she gets Alicia or Alicia, I don't remember her name, uh, to send it for her. And somehow, some way, unless this girl does not name her files clearly enough, uh, Alicia
1: sends the venting letter. um, Okay, so apparently she thought she deleted the venting email and then Mm -hmm. put on the server the correct one i literally wrote down i'm calling it the venting email on the company server
2: (laughs) yes yes i don't know i would i would not play with fire like that if you're gonna draft a scathing email that you don't intend to send maybe just leave it in a word doc like don't have it in your email drafts to just click send on because i do that accidentally sometimes
1: (laughs) Like, oh my god okay you know what was funny mm. i thought the scathing email was going to be the climax of the book like you know like third quarter third quarter breakup thing and then literally next chapter nope I <laughs> it's know. posted like i know what
2: <laughs> that, that's a great point i didn't consider it like that but i would have preferred it if it was that way, mm-hmm. like as like a third yeah. act kind of rising action or climax kind of thing,
1: yeah. When we get to the whole podcast thing, um, oh yeah, which is I think in the next two chapters, that's gonna be meta. I'm kidding. Yeah, when <laughs> when, when when we get to the podcast thing, um, I I want to talk about my assumptions for the third, like the third quarter breakup.
2: Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. why yeah. me. Definitely. I will. I will. Yeah, so scathing email goes out. It's already published. Oopsie doopsie. Um, Whoops. But anyway, Olivia's out scouting the streets. (laughs) Because I think she's literally just wandering around, like, basically, like, downtown L.A. Because she's doing, like, single scouting. Is that what she calls it? Where, like... Yeah. It's a thing where, like, basically, in their massive database, if they feel like there's a client they have where... There's like nobody that they feel confident they can match them with. They literally will go to like events and public spaces yeah. trying to like get people, which I appreciate the hustle. I respect it. I would rather die than do that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that so they also
1: I also find it interesting because they also do mention that the whole database they have isn't really a database. It's like a bunch of filing cabinets with a bunch of old folders. And I'm like, well, I'm sitting here being like, well, no wonder you guys are struggling with money. <laughs> like- I know.
2: I know. Actually, my first ever job was as an intern at a law firm where I had to shred and like create digital files of all of their old case documents mm-hmm. um, from like the 1990s to transfer them to online. Because yeah. they literally have their entire basement full wall to wall of just like paper and folder copies. It was crazy. I like, got seven twenty yeah. yeah. five an hour.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. I'm better. It's fine. And now I do this
1: yeah Um, (laughs) we're moving up in the world don't get paid at all (laughs) we pay
2: we actually lose money because we pay a dollar a month to craig our recording software
1: yeah (laughs)
2: ashlyn's saying we (laughs) we (laughs) it's me (laughs) ashlyn is out one dollar a month every we love you ashlyn uh please sponsor us um (laughs) <laughs> so she's out scoping the streets and then randomly is like, hey, didn't Bennett say he has an office space down here? Let me see if I can infiltrate and like scope out some secrets. And so she like texts him and it's like, hey, I'm in the area. Want to meet up? He basically, you know, they meet up. He lets her up in this office and turns out it's a really, really small team running Zodiac Cupid. Um, most of who... My cat is leaving comments in our word doc. Most (laughs) of who (laughs) most of who uh, are kind of irrelevant. There's one guy named Elmer that sort of plays a role later on the story, but it's whatever. A little bit. Not really. Yeah. But while they're there, you know, they're basically discussing like all these, you know, like outcomes and like new features that they're wanting to test out and literally live as they're standing there they find the bad scathing article
1: that Olivia had wrote yeah. under Cake Girl is her pseudonym or whatever. I don't know why that was never explained. Why? No.
2: no. Also, she just made mooncakes with this guy, so wouldn't you choose something a little less? I don't know. I think
1: I think that. Alicia chose it. I think is what I remember or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think she just put something down. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah, continue. Yeah,
2: obviously Bennett's crushed. Um, he tries to kind of hide it, but you know, and in, in this moment, seeing you know this human man actually being upset over the harmful words that she submitted to a journal, she feels a widow bad. She feels a widow bad, and she's like, I will we hurt him?"
1: I didn't mean like, it. She's like, I'm so head It's gonna be okay. This is one bad person.
2: I know she's fully consoling this fan as if she didn't just write this thing.
1: I'm
2: just like I'm she so does.
1: Sorry. Yeah, she does feel bad. But I'm like, you know, I really can't feel bad for you right now.
2: No, no, it's it's embarrassing. I would travel yeah. and die on the spot if this happened to me. Yeah.
1: Um. Uh, and then the big thing too is that on Saturday, she's gonna go record a podcast. He is
2: yes it's supposed to be a women's only panel of like love and general matchmaking discussions I believe and she's going to be there representing Lunar Love
1: mm-hmm. but the reason that's such a big deal is because Bennett's like hey you want to go out on another date <laughs> te hee. so she's like ah well I can't tomorrow but tonight I'm free mm-hmm and he's like
2: great, I'll pick you up in a couple hours in my really beat-up car that apparently looks unsafe to drive.
1: Yeah, and we're like,
2: okay. I know. I know. But yeah, he picks her up to go to a drive-in movie theater, which Ashlyn in her notes for this says, I think I've seen this film before, which is making me laugh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I didn't like the (laughs) ending. (laughs) We loved the ending in that book. I don't know about this one. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, basically during the movie, which is supposed to be like some
1: witchy like halloween film that Bennett watches every okay. year it's uh-huh. a really good book 10 on 10 actually recommend reading Practical magic <laughs> oh it's real oh, yeah it's it a series no, it's oh, a series shit. of books it's a series of books and then the first book got turned into a movie 10 on 10 recommend it. i read them last year oh shit i'll put that on my to
2: be read there we go i mean if mr bob likes it (laughs) if bobby o'brien likes it or whatever oh my god uh but yeah instead of actually watching the movie though both of them sit in the car and bennett laments about his rough childhood um, in which his mom died (laughs) at the age of six sorry i
1: I really wanted to sing dead mom for beetlejuice (laughs) (laughs) Mommy issues I'm kidding, yeah,
2: yeah, he talks about his 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 dead mom, but he also mentions that like later on he like read her diary and feels mm-hmm. guilty about it, but through reading this diary, he like learned her personal investment in like the Chinese zodiac, and that like inspired him to want to learn more about it to sort of engage with something she's interested in, but also to learn more about her since she died when he was so young. He doesn't really know what she's like. And his dad, furthermore, doesn't talk about her um, because it's just so painful for him, that loss. Um, And so obviously this stirs something in Olivia because she's like, wow, he's a human with emotions. Um, Yeah.
1: I also wrote down, damn Liv, you made fun of his dead mom. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Oh my god! And the last thing
2: I wanted to note for this chapter that I had to write down is um. Oh, I I put two things. I said, "quote This is the first time I really feel for Bennett as a character. I actually really liked the justification for the app and his interest in the Chinese zodiac being tied to his mom." The next note: Mm -hmm. How old is this book? There's an unironic goat reference. What the fuck? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) My only notes. Uh, and then my opening note for chapter nine is Olivia is a hypocrite, so I'm ready yeah. for those. Ah <laughs> oh, man,
1: so okay, basically mm-hmm. one before we start. Yes this this is very funny. Yes at this tur- at this point in the book, there was a switch mm-hmm. for me, and this is when I started kind of liking the book yeah interesting
0: so,
1: yeah <gasps> and i wanted to point that out because i wrote down like this is the turning point in which i started genuinely picking up the book without accident, like without writing notes by accident um because i typically write notes when i'm reading these things um but i literally wrote down okay i will admit i jumped to the point of them seeing each other <laughs> like without like taking notes i know what-
2: interesting about hmm i wrote the start of chapter 11 is where i started disliking the book interesting Hmm. because i actually was vibing with it until then i was like this isn't
1: so bad this is so bad i didn't see i was not vibing really Mm -hmm. i was not i did not vibe with like the first quarter of this book but then here's the funny thing Mm. within the other last quarter of the book so literally half the book I disliked it <laughs>
2: oh how empires rise and fall
1: yeah yeah
2: uh, we'll get there that's interesting that we had mm-hmm. the exact same time point but different opinions I'm In, interested yeah, to that, hear that, to hear what yours are yeah yeah, so this is the day of the podcast appearance that Olivia is supposed to go on. And bear in mind, listeners, it was supposed to be a women's only panel. That's the information she's been fed repeatedly because this whole time she's been secretly paranoid that Bennett is going to show up as, you know, obviously Zodiac Cupid is on the rise. And she finds out when she arrives at the studio. (laughs) Do what?
1: I said, who knew, listeners, that this would be that this would be a little hint in the future. T we call it foreshadowing.
2: I mean, foreplay.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, so there
2: she finds out when she gets to set that it's there's been a last minute replacement of on one of the panelists. And as she's discussing this with the podcast host named Marcus, she hears a very familiar and sultry voice coming up from behind her. And of course it's, it's Bennett. He's the, it's he's Bennett. the replacement. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of an interesting moment. I will say this chapter intrigued me. Like this isn't the chapter that mm-hmm. made me lose interest, but it really intrigued me because we basically find out obviously the jig is up like Bennett, you know, Olivia's like, Oh my God, I have to confess who I am. I'm the owner of Lunar Love. I've been trying to take him down. Actually Bennett has known who Olivia is this entire time and has always known that Olivia was lying to him. Yep. The craziest shit, though, is that Olivia's reaction was not immediate relief. It was not, oh, thank God you're an understanding person and this is not awkward. It's so you were trying to be in control of our relationship dynamic this entire time. Yeah. It's like, where did that come from? (laughs) Ma'am, weren't you doing the same thing? And he points that out. He points out the hypocrisy. He's like, you did the exact same thing. And she's like, but this is different. This is why I never would go out with someone who's not my kind. Yeah. Girl.
0: And
1: also on top of the tip, I'm just like, girl, the only rivalry that is in this book is just from you. Yeah. Like, you are literally the only person that's mad and being, like, being, like, antagonistic.
2: I know. Like,
1: like in another book, if we had Bennett's POV, you would be the villain. <laughs> Except she's too hot. So we're going (laughs) to Um, But but yeah, yeah, like, I just. He also, like, made like a nice comment to her and she's like, what a jerk. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's being nice
2: to you. This changes nothing. And honestly, for me, if I were in her shoes, I would be totally relieved because I'd be like, wow, we were both doing the same thing. I don't feel like such an asshole. Like clearly he's fine associating with me knowing all this and we're great
1: no like he let me come in and see his business knowing that i am a competitor yes i know i know but we
2: actually find out that bennett knew of olivia because of popo which i didn't say this at the time but i I have written in my notes for chapter two because in chapter two at some point during the party popo was like i have someone to match up with you child Um, Mm -hmm. I called it at that point. I said, Bakery Boy is definitely the guy Popo wanted to
1: match her with, dot, dot, dot. So I saw this, I was like... Oh, wow, you clocked that. I didn't clock that.
2: I think it's because this book felt very tropey and formulaic to me, and that all of the reveals, except for this one, I will say this one took me off Mm -hmm. guard,
1: all the reveals,
2: I, I like, pretty much knew they were coming, I think. It just felt very...
1: Yeah. I will say, too, like i just i don't understand why she's such a butt i don't get it i don't understand why she's a horse she's, i guess <laughs> she is an ass <laughs> i know that's not correct but i'm gonna leave it at that i'm gonna leave my bad joke here um but i did also write down like is it bad i kind of want bennett to hate her no yeah i agree I wanted i wanted him to be angry we got a little bit of that. We got a little taste. A smidge and it. And then Bennett was very kind again. I'm like, how can he be mean to this man? I don't get it. <laughs> he know, has a right to be I,
2: angry. I know. Uh, uh,
1: but, but then the they moment, go on to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I was also like, going to say
2: it, the moment that he he does get a little bit of that anger is because in this conversation, he finds out that Olivia wrote the article. Um, that was the yeah. only bit that he was not aware of previous to this.
1: Yeah. yeah. And what's so... Yeah, so, when, so they do go up on stage and then they start airing out, like, all of their issues but, like, on stage in front of a live studio audience. And I'm like, this live. is... <laughs> I'm like, jeez Louise. But, like, she just shows to everyone how much of an asshole she is. I know. And she comes up with this really,
2: like gameplay bet idea with Bennett of like I mm-hmm. want to prove who has the better business if you utilizing Lunar Love services if I can get you to fall in love with someone then you know basically Lunar Love will get a whole bunch of like promo and publicity yeah. through the podcast and then he agrees on the grounds that he'll try to do the same for her but using Zodiac Cupid. And it also has to be in a month.
1: They both have to fall yes. in love within a month.
2: Which <laughs> maybe we're
0: speed running this shit. i don't know we're not (laughs) speedrunning. also when they're airing their grievances on the podcast the like one of the hosts steps in and is like just a reminder that this is live and will not be like can't be edited or whatever like that is the choice you're making you could edit it you could
1: like why would you for the drama also i don't know
0: what service you're using (laughs)
1: guys it's revered it's reviewed later that this was their 13th episode and i was like how how did you get such a big podcast after 13 episodes it's because marcus is so cunty slay
2: like the it audio the reader for marcus was like oh, ladies and gentlemen just a reminder that we are live on the air and i was like this is amazing <laughs> you're eating this oh my god uh, yeah So for the sake of publicity and because they, I guess, hate each other now, whatever. Um, Chapter 11 is where Lauren decided maybe this book isn't for me. Um, No, that was chapter nine. We're going to chapter 10 now. Oh, sorry. The numbers are messed up in the doc because of
1: my cat. Oh, you will. You will see. Uh, Um, Understood. Chapter 10. Oh, here, wait. Um, Before we continue, mm -hmm. can I talk about what I thought was going to happen in the third act? Yes. Thank you for reminding me. Okay. So up until this chapter, I thought the article would be like the antithesis, like the climax, basically, because it'd be like, oh, well, we can't publish this for a while. They would fall in love and then it would be released. And she's like, oh, shit. Then that would be like their major breakup mm. moment because he's like, how could you like ever write this about me? And she like tries to explain and he's just like over all yeah. shit. I also kind of thought, I kind of wish this podcast, like, Confrontation was the third act rather than so early on. I do too. Because I feel like that's such a stronger concept than like, oh, well, I'm going to make you fall in love in a month. I thought like the whole thing would be that they're racing to get more numbers before – valentine's day slash lunar new year's because they land around the same time mm-hmm. and throughout that she would like try and gain information before and then they'd go on the podcast and be revealed it's her and he'd be like yeah heartbroken uh but then that didn't happen and it was just you we are gonna set up dates for each other to make each other fall in love in a month and i don't yes. know i was kind of disappointed that that's when i got disappointed in the story concept Mm
0: Because
1: after that, I mean, you know, they're going to fall in love within a month with each other. You know, there's going to be some dramatic thing. That's
2: so interesting because you saying that is like very close to why I started disliking this book. That's okay. Yeah. We're kind of on a similar wavelength of that for sure. Okay,
1: So the reason I started liking the book, though, was because within the next two chapters, which is chapter 10 and 11, she starts actually opening up and being a kind person and starts like letting down her defenses. And then I'm like, okay, I could be somewhat invested in this relationship then.
2: That's a good take. That's a good take. I think I noticed that as well, but I think the reason why I dislike the book, it like clouded that for me, unfortunately, like Mm -hmm. I can go ahead and talk about my perspective as well. So this will go into sort of the plot synopsis for chapter 10. Um, But Chapter 10 opens with Olivia sending Bennett out on a date with a girl named Harper that, you know, was going to Lunar Love for matchmaking services. And, you know, the whole premise of this is that, like, during the date, she's kind of spying on them. And it's this multifaceted, like, on one hand, I'm really happy that this seems to be going well. They're laughing. You know, they seem really like a good fit together. But she can't seem to stave off her jealousy when things are actually, like going well between Harper and Bennett. And for me, this is actually where the story started taking a bit of a turn for me. And I, I wrote it out here. I said, the story to me would be a lot more appealing and a lot less annoying if Olivia wasn't already aware of her attraction to Bennett or vice versa. I'd much rather it be that through this matching process and failed dates, et cetera, Olivia and or Bennett realize that there's no better match for them than the other. That way, it also tackles the idea of tradition versus non-tradition, compatibility versus opposites attract through trial and error. They can see evidence in real time and be forced to confront their opposing beliefs by slowly building attraction to the other party. Because now it's just me being dragged through several chapters of, quote, you know, you like him. So just date him and split the winnings of the podcast contest or call off the competition.
1: Um, Exactly. Yeah.
2: Because I think that's what dragged down the pacing for me a little bit of like they both are so obviously attracted to each other. Like, it feels, I don't know, to me, it just cheapens it, where I'm like, I would be yeah. so much more invested, if, like, if there's still bitter rivals at this point. Like, you no wanted attraction more, whatsoever.
1: Yeah, you wanted more actual rivals to lovers, where it's still, like, maybe he's still showing signs that he hates her, and she's like, oh, and, th- and suddenly his eyes, like, and sparkled, yeah. and you're like... Okay, so she's starting to realize she's attracted yeah. to it. You, you actually wanted more actual true enemies to lovers or rivals to lovers.
2: Yeah, because I feel like if that's what this story is going to be advertised as, to already establish the attraction between the main characters in literal chapter one, to me, is not mm-hmm. enemies to lovers. It is yeah. this guy who has opposing beliefs to me is really hot. And <laughs> yeah. It, uh, I just, I want them to like, genuinely resent each other at least for one party to like genuinely resent the other and be oblivious to their own feelings but that's just me I'm an AO3 girly to a fault and I will (laughs) own up to that
0: I will own up to that but
2: yeah basically during the date she's like mustache fedora sunglasses spying on them from (laughs) a different table Um, and then Bennett runs over Um, he's like you know I see you I know that you're there and They sort of like talk and like, again, sparks fly when he's literally supposed to be on a date with another woman, but it is fine. Um, And it's there that Olivia sort of tells Bennett more honestly about her relationship with Colette, her old friend, um, Mm -hmm. where basically she had made a match for Colette through lunar love with someone incompatible. And it absolutely ruined her life, like literally the girl up and left. And like doesn't talk to her or her family anymore, and that's yeah. why she's so like staunchly against incompatible relationships. And like clearly they don't work. And I'm like, yeah, one person and like a billion people with one other person, and not everyone's gonna work out just because you have the same astrology sign.
1: <laughs> like I, also, yeah, I wrote, oh, so you were a bad friend, and that's why she doesn't do incompatible matches. <laughs> like you didn't vet the guy. True. True. <laughs> It must have been bad for her to up and leave the state. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, he did steal her money. He did steal Colette's money. Yeah. That's pretty bad.
2: Yeah. Oh, well.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, T. Okay. Um, Can we go over Chapter 11, though, and Popo's confusing characterization, though, real quick? So the word's right out of my mouth. Can we talk about that? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I love Popo, but I I had whiplash every time because I was like, what one are we getting? (laughs) Are we going to get the one that's so stringent about tradition and following tradition? Are we getting the one who's like, oh, tradition and compatibility and all that. It's not that big of a deal. I'm like, what? Who? I could
2: never at any point in this story, any point, even the end, tell you that Popo was standing on business i could never tell you <laughs> yeah. that because popo in every single conversation had different different things to say about compatibility one minute she was like oh our whole business is compatibility there's then there's nothing better and the next she's like it's not all compatibility
1: oh. <laughs> and yeah, i literally, I literally like, wrote, I literally like, wrote
2: I said, why is Popo telling her all of this about compatibility and the true importance of it in attraction now when she has already been in the business for a long time and has taken it over? This information feels like withholding things that definitely should have been stated before simply for plot convenience.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then this is and this whole chapter is also about cookie day and like getting that ready because it's tradition. So it's like backdrop to a traditional event, which we talked about earlier, about what cookie day was. And then it's backdrop to Popo being like traditions, not everything you're meant to like evolve. And I'm like, what do you mean? Just popo losing their marbles. It's I, a- yeah. I
2: literally, I literally, I wrote, have I ever said how much I hate hypocrisy on this podcast? Because I do. <laughs> it's, it is my biggest pet peeve in life In books, you name it. And the whole hypocrisy in this chapter is that Nina takes Olivia up to their old like treehouse thing. I don't know. Oh, my God. Yes, they sit and they talk and Nina talks, expresses her insecurities about how like basically their entire family is all based in like compatibility, Chinese Zodiacs. And she's marrying someone that is not compatible with her, according to the Chinese Zodiac. And in this conversation, almost verbatim, Olivia is like. But once I got to know Asher, who's the fiancé, once I got to know Asher, I realized that you're the exception. She says that. She's yeah. like, your compatibility
1: didn't matter. Are you not listening to yourselves? Also, you- well, also, do you remember before this? This is the big drop that Popo goes because um, she asks, Liv asks Popo, be like, oh, why did you? Bennett said he knew you, by the way. And oh, he yeah. said, "You he you matched his parents." We forgot to mention that he does drop that in the previous chapter when, like, behind stage when they're at the podcast, he does drop that. Popo, yeah, actually matched his parents, but dun dun dun, they were not compatible. So she was like, "What the fuck's up, Popo?" <laughs> I know, I know. I don't think like, I don't think
2: Popo reveals that the match between his parents were. Or, like, I don't think she reveals the full details in this chapter. I think that's much later. No. But she does talk about how, like, oh, I tried to set you, or, like, oh, I've I've spoken to him before. He was interested in our business because of what happened with his parents. And now he, like, goes on to make this out because we declined to have a business with him or whatever. It was, yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. But then, like... (laughs) But then she's also, like, defending it. And it's like, I just, I'm so confused. I also was confused.
2: I don't know. I'm like, (laughs) I understand that popos were trying to give sage, older, wizened, elder who, like, has the answers to life and, like, can help Mm -hmm. the younger person grow. But it doesn't align with anything we've established about this business or this character
1: up to this point. Yeah, and I wrote down, too, I was like, where is Liv getting, like, all of this staunchness, stubbornness for tradition from, if not... Popo the horse <laughs> <laughs> like is it is it from her aunt we've barely met and we barely talked to it's not her mom because her mom didn't follow in the family business so I wanted to know where this was all coming from and with how Popo was characterized it was hard to tell because yes. then later on she's like getting mad at Nina for wearing a white dress to her wedding <laughs> Because she wanted her to wear red because that's the traditional Chinese like color because it's meant to represent celebration. And for those who don't know, white represents a Chinese culture like grief and sadness. Um, and is primarily worn at funerals. So,
0: hmm
2: Yeah. And it's, it's extra weird to me when you remember that Popo and Olivia are of the same zodiac sign. Like, they're yeah. both horses and yet they read as, like, entirely different people. Which Olivia says, to her credit throughout the novel, like... Not every trait of a zodiac sign will be manifested in every person of that sign, but she also indicates that most of them will. That there's like a running yeah. theme between them, and I just it feel just, like that wasn't there. It
1: feels very picky and choosy. Which I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to critique of the Chinese zodiac because you could say the exact same thing about. It. Oh sure, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to nitpick that, but yeah, it just felt a little nitpicky, like picking what works yeah
2: speaking of nitpicky all it works i also was oh, pissed gosh. off with chapter 12 because yeah. because so bennett asked olivia on um like well it's not supposed to be a date but like you know it is a date uh they go out yeah, uh, breakfast. yeah <laughs> they go to breakfast and uh basically he's like trying to show her these new like features of this new feature on the app that he wants to install and it's like and basically using peony petals, which are Olivia's favorite flower, by the way. Me too, girl. Um, yeah. Peony petals um, to basically as like a signifier of like how many matches you've had. I think that's what it is. Like. Yeah. And he says it's supposed to entice people to like, oh, motivate them to use it more. But Olivia actually when like some very valid criticism, in my opinion, was like, yeah. hey, you're trying to gamify this app. And it also may make people really insecure and like try to match up with a bunch of people, not because they're actually interested, but because they want to see more like appealing on the market because of these, um, but in that discussion, he like basically like is like, well, you know, other features of the app. Like, I really just want people to like get more excited about the Zodiac. There's a quote where Olivia says, like mentally and thinks about this in response mm-hmm. to that line. Anything that gets people to be more excited about the Zodiac is a positive. And I said, if that was actually a case, Miss Olivia, then you should have <laughs> been more open to Zodiac Cupid in the first place. Exactly. But you're not. Eh. Anywho, we find out that Bennett's not really all that into Harper, but he's willing to go on a second date with her because Olivia insists, even though she's a little bit privately happy, that he's not that into her.
1: Um, Yeah. Bennett spent more time hanging out with Olivia than Harper, but that's all I'm going to say about that.
2: Man's got his priorities all catawampus. Yeah, he's a little goofy. But... The last chapter we'll be discussing in this episode is chapter 13, lucky number 13, where basically Bennett sets up Olivia on her first Zodiac Cupid date with a dude named Owen. And they go to this baseball game and initially she meets up with Bennett and they're sort of discussing and preparing for it. And she reveals like baseball dates would be like a really perfect date. Mm -hmm. He reveals that Owen picked it. It's... There's a weird like a tension, I guess, about that. She goes and yeah. sits with Owen in like basically behind the plate seat, which is really good. And they're sort of hitting it
1: off. It, it didn't it's read his chemistry. D-
2: yeah. It's implied that they
1: kind of and then it like teeters off. Yeah,
2: because there's moments where she literally says, I got lost in time talking to Owen. And I forget yeah. all about Bennett, who like has our food on standby ready for us because Zodiac Cupid's paying for the date. Um, And she and, and then just immediately turns around. And is like, but I'm not that into him.
1: Yeah. And then randomly, like, oh, yeah, we're not even talking anymore. And I'm like checking my text messages. And it's like, I do we like each other? Do we not? I am confused. I have whiplash again. <laughs> she also spends more time with Bennett than Owen. <laughs> Which has <laughs> a date. Yeah. Like from Owen's perspective, I'd be like. What the hell is she? Yeah. What? I'd be suspicious. But also, too, I get it. We're meant to be liking Bennett and not Owen. I, know. I get it. I, I know. know why. I know. But, you know,
2: Benny is a little jealous. He sees Dang that it. they're getting on. And we very clearly understand what this book is going to play out as the rest of the book. That's
1: not a sentence. But you know what I'm trying to say. You know what? And since that's our
0: last chapter, <laughs> Ashlyn, do you have any questions for us? Forever and ever and always. Uh, uh, you guys have made this pretty clear, but just in in a sum of words, how do you feel about Olivia right now?
2: I'll say it in one sentence. Stubborn in a way that is unproductive and not dynamic in terms of characterization.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. I will also say... I will use one word. Ooh. Is this 25 words or less, the game show? I guess so. Unlikable. <laughs> It's And it's because of her, it's because of her separate, like, Lauren puts it beautifully. <laughs> Thank but you. because of that, she's unlikable. Like, I don't understand what Bennett sees in her. Yeah. Like, she's annoying and argumentative. Yeah, borderline hostile at times. And yeah.
2: especially this early when you're dating and your rivals would not be enough to sustain me to, like, continue that relationship.
0: No. How about Bennett? So,
1: I like him, but it's because he's the classic cookie-cutter, like, good guy, and it's, so he's just so vanilla. (laughs) There's nothing, (laughs) there's nothing too interesting or new about him that, like, intrigues me. Like the only thing I kind of know is that yes, he's a businessman. He lost his mom when he was young and he came up with this idea for this app. I know he's a rat.
2: I totally forgot you were talking about zodiac signs for a second, and I was like
1: Eat him up. Yeah. (laughs) Call him. Um, Yeah, that's about it. That's all I know about him.
2: I think the only chapter where I really sat there and was like, I think I like Bennett was the chapter where he's talking about his past with his mom. But I think it was simply because this was the only real like three dimensional moment we get for him. Like you said, everything else is like confined to Zodiac Cupid and the concept of being incompatible opposites attract. Like we're not really given
1: a whole lot of ground for him to stand on as his own character. Mm-hmm. He feels more oh. of like. Mm-hmm. We also find out he doesn't like to dance in public. Something oh, yeah. happened in junior year.
2: Trauma. You know? It hurts us all. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. All that is to say, I think I have no complaints about Bennett, and that is kind of the extent of my my impressions on him at this yeah.
0: point. Are you rooting for them? No. <laughs> I'm not against it.
1: But I wouldn't say it's my my OTP. No, you know? no. I'll be real. The only reason I'm saying no is just because at this point in the book, Olivia hasn't proven herself worthy of Ben yet. Like like we said, he's a pretty cookie cutter. Like pretty, like just the perfect romance book guy that you want to that every like person wants to read about. But she hasn't like earned it yet. She hasn't earned Bennett. Like she hasn't treated him well enough to deserve him. Like she thinks he's like this evil corporation, Silicon Valley like guy who's coming in to steal a good old home women owned business. When in reality, he's just trying to connect with his, with his past and with his mom. Yeah.
2: And you saying that makes me think that with this whole, like, setting up dates and trying to make you fall in love at a month concept. Something I would have really been interested to see if she were to rewrite this book is if actually, let's say, like, Owen and Olivia really did hit it off. And that for Mm -hmm. multiple chapters, they are going on dates. Yeah, yeah. One of the pairings really hits it off and then they go on multiple dates with that person and they're thinking like I mean they don't have necessarily be full-on but like it's it's more of an even match between like mm-hmm. let's use Owen and Bennett as an example like I think that would be super interesting for me to read and almost make me want to actively root for Bennett and Olivia but instead we were always just sort of spoon-fed that like this is going to be the couple that happens and there's no real conflict I feel like yeah after chapter 10 yeah. with them
1: no No, not really. Um,
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Do you think that opposites attract?
2: For me, it depends on the extent of the oppositeness. Yeah. Because there's Uh complementary and supplementary traits. And then there's, I think very differently socially and politically than you
0: (laughs) to me. And this is just a
2: personal thing. I don't think I could ever do that. Um, So I think there has to be a fundamental compatibility or a fundamental, at least like-mindedness in order for a relationship to function. Um yeah beyond that in terms of character traits and like hobbies and those
1: kinds of things sure i think you could lean more into track on that i 100% agree cuz my personal dating history not a very long list a uh, a singular person actually uh but from my one relationship that i have with my partner him he and i are very very similar in a lot of ways and there's things that we are not similar on but like fundamentally we agree on all, like i was about to say almost everything and, and i was like nope everything we agree pretty much on like everything like fundamentally like when it comes to like values and stuff like that yeah
0: okay so well, i mean question.
1: I oh, go ahead I was, i was just gonna say it may work it may work for some people
0: not me personally. Lauren, did you get a chance to answer? I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, my last question is the main, like, section of what we just read is the competition between Olivia and Bennett. Whose method do you think is better? I don't
1: want to side with Olivia. <laughs> I don't want to. But I... I, Oh, sorry, you go, you go.
2: No, you go ahead, you go ahead. I just have a personal bias against dating apps. I think they're bad, but I just haven't had a big success rate with them. I think they're great for... I say, like, in general. Obviously, you can find your your one true love on a dating app. I'd say that's not possible. But for me, it was more about initial attraction and, like, short-term compatibility than you know it was fostering long term. Um so I think you're taking more of a gamble online because you can present yourself very differently online than who you actually are. And I think that at least with a matchmaking service like lunar love, it feels more at least tailored to like sift through that. And I think you would waste less time in terms of like who you're going on dates with.
1: Um uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Cause I feel like both are no. I don't agree with either of them. Yeah. I guess I would have to say it lives just because there is that more personal and human connection there. But I mean I I I have never been a uh an online dating person. I never was attracted to it even when I was single. Uh, And I did try it out, but it it, like never clicked for me and I was way too nervous like on there. And I just felt like trying to find a genuine connection was very, very, very difficult. So maybe I would say maybe matchmaking because you do have to invest more time and money into Mm -hmm. a – human service rather than one that is run by an algorithm
0: so yeah all right i believe that's all the questions ashlyn has for us
1: yes i believe it is well with that we will conclude part one of lunar love uh Tune in next time for part two where we discuss the rest of the book and the ending and we'll kind of give our conclusion thoughts. Um, Hey, you should go listen to us. Uh, If you haven't listened to our other episodes, go do that. Except apparently on Google Podcasts, which unfortunately, if you do listen on Google Podcasts, they are closing or something. I don't understand. Uh, But you can go uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, uh they suggested YouTube music. We don't know if we have that, but we will we'll figure that out. Um but just keep a lookout for us, uh, and we'd love to keep having you. Uh go follow us on Instagram. Actually you can find all the information on our Instagram, TikTok, uh X. And we do have a Switch. Nothing's on there though, so you can find us there if Twitch? A twitch, not a switch. A twitch. <laughs> we do twitch, not have a, not switch, a switch. We promise. <laughs> um, I will. I do. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so we will. S- and you know what? We will see you later. You, uh, risky rodents.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: I'm trying to. Le- I'm trying to lean into the zodiac theme. I'm sorry. Bye.
0: <laughs> Join us next week for. Part two of Lunar Love, where we will discuss our final thoughts on the book. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Raunchy Power Hour. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at the RPH podcast. Send us book recs to our email, raunchypowerhour at gmail.com or at the link in our bio on any of our socials. As always, stay raunchy.